You're listening to Guides for Brides, the wedding podcast. I'm Amelia. And I'm Nikita. And we're so excited to discuss all things weddings with you. Yes, we'll be covering trends, practical planning tips and more. And of course, we'll have a few special guests along the way. Thanks for joining us. Let's get started. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Guides for Brides, the wedding podcast. Yes, welcome back. And we hope you're keeping well and enjoying your wedding planning so far. So Nikita, what are we talking about today? Well Amelia, today we're talking about wedding speeches. Arguably one of the most anticipated but nerve-wracking moments of the wedding day. Yes, and to help us out, today we are joined by another special expert guest. Um, If you follow our Facebook page, you may have previously seen her on one of our Wedding Fair Live events. Yes, she is probably the best person to turn to for information and advice about this element of your wedding. So, welcome Heidi from Speechy. Oh, thank you ladies, a lovely intro there and um, (laughs) a pleasure to be on the show. I I love this podcast, I always learn something from it, so thanks for having me on. Oh, welcome Heidi. Thanks so much for taking the time to share your expertise with our listeners today. Um, Before we get started... Would you like to introduce yourself and tell us more about Speechy? Yes, so I'm Heidi and I run a company called Speechy and I started it up about five years ago now. Um, I'd been working in television as a scriptwriter, director, producer type for about 10 years and um, I was always looking for something else to do to start up my own company and never really knew what it was going to be, but I wanted it to be something to do with writing. And then finally, I got married and um, it gave me the inspiration um, to start up Speechy. I um, basically gave my own bride speech and it became one of the wedding's highlights certainly from my point of view anyway awesome (laughs) Um, and um, I ended up getting more compliments about my speech than I did my bride's dress so that that's kind of good kind of bad but um, it definitely showed me that I felt like there was a missed opportunity that a lot of women out there weren't really realizing um, that it was something actually to be enjoyed and it was a missed opportunity not to think about giving your own um, speech. Um, and then over that, that same summer that I got married, I went to a few other weddings as well and um, some of the speeches were really good, but some of them were really bad, like noticeably painful. Oh. Um, there was one best man that went on for about 40 minutes and... You know, another sort of drunken one where the mother of the bride was having to get involved. So (laughs) I thought as well as trying to encourage women to give more bride speeches, there was also the opportunity to help men as well. Um, Mm. So, I mean, even, even within my own wedding, I did actually help my groom which I, I know is is considered a bit illegal in terms of wed, wedding politics but I I kind of helped him with the thank yous and the structure and I, I, I left him a little bit to sort of pay a few compliments to me in it so um nice. so he was actually really thankful he wasn't feeling precious <laughs> about it or anything so I felt there was probably other guys out there that that could do with the same sort of help 
Did you give him a little hint as to what to compliment you on? <laughs> oh, I should have done. He wrote some really bizarre things. So, um, yeah, I probably should have helped him out with the compliments, actually. Um, but then over the five years since since I first set it up, I've managed to recruit um, quite a few friends and, and TV colleagues and um, people that I consider to be sort of the best writers in the business, people that write for Have I Got News For You and Radio 4 News Quiz. And yeah, so so hopefully, you know, we, we cater, you know, really well to these best men that want really great comedy. And um, as well as, you know, over the years, we've, we've learned to find our heart and get that emotional side in the speeches as well. Awesome. That's great. Thank you, Heidi. And I think from the sounds of it, we're going to learn a lot in this session. Absolutely. So let's get into it. So Heidi, I think the best place to start here would be to ask you why you think wedding speeches matter and what can they actually add to your wedding day? Well, what I found from personal experience is it's the one part of the day where you really add personality to the day I think a lot of a lot of people planning their weddings we can get a bit obsessed by the decor and sort of the beauty of the event um you know whether it's the little favors or the color scheme and all that but that actually isn't what people will go away talking about it's it's how you how they felt at the wedding and um, the speeches are the one part of the day where you can add some laughter, some tears. You can really, you know, you make sure that everyone you love feels how much you love them. Um, so, mm. so I just think it's it's a really great opportunity to um, sort of create a mini epicenter of the day where you kind of kickstart the the sort sure. of partying as well as your marriage. Oh, awesome. Yeah, I think actually, you know, the speeches can be one of the most memorable parts of the day. I think I think about a couple of whenever I think about wedding speeches, there are certain ones that pop up in my head. And I think if you make a really good speech, you've got it. You've got it memorized there. (laughs) Yeah, I think sometimes, you know, sometimes it is about the laughter and it just it it gets sets the tone for the rest of the day. Or it can just be a line that the dad says that really touches your heart mm. or something, um, and and yeah, so it it, it is, it's that um, it's the it's the part of the day where you really do feel, whether it's whether it's yeah. tears or laughter or love, it, it it's that sort of feeling bit of the day. Yeah, amazing, Amelia. What were your wedding speeches like? Um, so we actually had quite a traditional wedding, so. We had the uh, traditional order of father of the bride, then the groom, then the best man. So, yeah, my dad gave the first speech. Um, And my dad has a reputation for giving very awkward, embarrassing speeches. (laughs) And two of of my sisters had got married a couple of years before me. And, yes, his will be memorable in the wrong way. Um, (laughs) So I, I was a little bit nervous for him giving a speech at my wedding. Um, so I actually got my mum to pull together some points for him because he ends up just, I don't know, talking about 
completely weird and irrelevant things. I don't know. It goes <laughs> off on a tangent. Um, so thankfully, because of my mum's help, um, that she ended up quite a fairly good speech, which was nice. Well, that's what I think. I think it's it, it, that just makes so much sense, doesn't it? And that's something that we're trying to um, encourage people to to think of speeches you know they shouldn't be shrouded in secrecy as if it's like the guy's like domain just to be Mm. doing it you know your dad's kind of representing your whole family isn't it so yeah sure it makes sense for him to utilize your mum yeah and then um my husband then did the second speech which you know did the thank yous it is kind of the the order that you would expect at most traditional weddings he did have some funny lines um my dad is also often late to places so he insisted that my dad stay at the venue the night before so that he couldn't be late so he said (laughs) on the thank yous he said oh thank you to Amelia's mum for help with all the flowers and all the preparations and thank you to Amelia's dad for turning up on time And it's this one line that always stays with us forever. It was it was perfect. But that that that's the that's the funniness, isn't it? When it really genuinely relates to the person, as opposed to it being a wedding gag. Yes, you know, it's, yeah. It, it's all your family that will will really appreciate that. Yeah. So yeah, that was nice. And then my husband actually had two best men, so they both gave um, a speech, and they were really nice and just a bit funny, nothing cringy or anything. Um, and that was kind of the perfect end to the speech section for us. Yeah, and I mean, I think, I guess bad speeches can also be incredibly memorable, as you said about your dad a few minutes ago. Um, but I think also, like, bad speeches can be quickly forgotten about, can't they? So the best ones always stay with you. So one wedding I went to, I remember the father of the bride and the and the best man both gave really funny speeches, like we were absolutely in stitches, but that's all I remember about them. I don't remember any lines. I don't remember anything else about them. It was the groom's speech that I was like, wow, that was that was amazing because it was short and sweet. I don't think it was much more than about three minutes. But, you know, very short and sweet. But everything about it was heartfelt. It had a little bit of humour in it. It wasn't anything like he was trying to be funny. But, you know, it was very true to his personality. He doesn't he, He's the kind of person that doesn't, you know speak often so it was like you know I'm gonna keep it short and sweet um but it was so memorable and I remember walking away going wow that that was that was lovely like that was the perfect speech yeah just just nice and touching and as you said like felt true to him Mm, yeah totally Heidi are there any cardinal sins of wedding speakers so um things like what you shouldn't do when writing or delivering your speech Well, first of all, um, some things like we advise couples to think about before they even start to write their speech is thinking about that lineup Um, and just and just sort of the traditional lineup works really well for loads of people. But just sort of asking yourselves, is there anyone else that might want to get involved or who you'd really like to hear from on the day? So that that's sort of the first thing I'd say in terms of you know, would your maid of honour be just as funny as your best man? Or would your mum be better than your dad? Or, um, Mm -hmm. 
you know, is it going to be the groom and the bride give a speech, just the groom, or do you want to give a joint speech? That's something we're working with a lot more clients on is sort of Mr. and Mrs. speeches, or obviously same-sex equivalents, where people deliver a speech together, which is, which is quite, you know, it takes some work in terms of writing it, but it actually goes down so well on the day as well. Yeah, I think that's... I, I love the idea of doing a joint speech because, I mean, I'm not the kind of person that would be happy to just sit down and be quiet for the whole time. So, <laughs> yeah. oh, I'm, I'm more than happy. I'd be, terri- I'd be terrified to get up there and, and deliver a speech. I think that's it. There's no rules, is there? Like, no brides should feel compelled to give a speech or anything. But, yeah, you know, it shouldn't be assumed that she isn't. So... Yeah, Nikita, what would you like to do? Um, I think I think I'd be quite happy to give a bride speech. You know, I'm taking inspiration from you, Heidi, because I think not enough people do it. But also, as I say, I'm not I'm not going to be the kind of person that's just happy to sit down and not say a word. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> what I what I think as well is, you know, it's not about trying to get the limelight or anything. It's, no, it's just that on the day you. The bride is generally the star of the show. <laughs> um, so, so people do want to hear from you. And it kind of avoid, avoids you having to go around too much, speaking to everyone on the dance floor <laughs> later. <laughs> so it's like you, you've kind of ticked that job. But um, but yeah, for as I say, it, it, it's a really personal choice. But um, I just felt like... I, I wanted to thank people personally myself. I knew mm. how to thank my mum better than my groom did. And I also felt like I wanted to throw a few compliments his way on the day. Yeah, you know? yeah, totally. <laughs> just, Why just, not? It's like yeah. a, it should be a shared thing, shouldn't it? Yeah, I wanted to admit as much as I do like to take the mick out of him, I also kind of fancy him too. So I don't often say that. So I thought, I guess I should on my wedding day. So so yeah, that got said. I wonder how many speeches that's going to end up in for the people that have listened to this podcast. <laughs> I, I do admit, take the mick out of him. You. <laughs> <laughs> I do fancy you. <laughs> good to consider in a speech lineup I know we've said you know we can share it and all that sort of stuff but yeah. is there anything that you would highly recommend for women who want to take the mic in terms of of, of giving a bride speech um, yeah yeah or maid of honor or mother of the bride or anything like that right right yeah I mean I just say um make sure you don't get left with the speech scraps so <laughs> if you're a bride, don't assume you are just repeating the groom's thank yous from your point of view. Do, do it as if you it's your own speech um, you want to tell some good stories. Um, and, and remember, yours doesn't need to be the more romantic of the two. Mm. Um, we, we encourage like every speech to have a, an element of humour in it. Um, and it doesn't, well, it shouldn't be sort of like your Google style jokes or your wedding gags. It just needs to be like the little quirks of your relationship or something like that that will get people smiling. It, it doesn't need to be belly laughs, but it does need to have that um, element of fun in it. Um, so, so yeah, I'd say as much as you might want to um, 
profess your undying love and all that sort of stuff. It kind of needs to be done in a way that is still digestible for all the singletons out there as well. <laughs> yeah, sure. That's a good <laughs> point. Uh, so um, you don't want to be too smug married when you've only been married a couple of hours. So, um, <laughs> you know, make, make it real... Um, and and sort of self-depreciating but but loving and um yeah Mm. don't don't just feel it needs to be just the thank yous awesome and what do you think about kids taking the mic well i i really love it and when it works well it works brilliantly um but what i'd say is don't rely on it happening (laughs) (laughs) because i've seen a few a few weddings now where they've got their cute little niece to to sort of write out a few lines and then on the night um they just don't want to do it or by that time they're crying or something like that so um definitely prepare for it but prepare for it not to happen as well and obviously with with more and more people getting married who already have children I mean it is a lovely lovely thing if you can make it work I mean we've worked with um lots of children now well via their parents Mm. um to to try and write little little bits for them and Sometimes it can be, you know, a teenage, a young teenager who's obsessed by Star Wars and we're using Yoda quotes to talk about love and things <laughs> like that. But yeah, it's just automatically going to give us, uh, give people a smile. And um, as well as well as the younger people, sort of the older generation, they're often overlooked and can sort of provide that sort of sweet factor as well you know if you if you know your grandma is a bit on the naughty side maybe get her to give give you some marriage tips as part of her toast or something um so so yeah look look at look at who you've got to play with really amazing my nephew actually gave a speech at my sister's wedding who's his mum um, I think he must have been about nine or ten at the time. And it was the sweetest thing. Like, it was such a good speech as well. Like, one of the best speeches Aww. I've ever heard. And that just made the day. Yeah, yeah. I've heard exactly the same because um, my partner, he... His his family, right, so his mum got married a second time. And at her wedding, he was about nine years old, I think. Um, and every time we talk about their wedding that speech comes up that he did like his nan helped him write it and you know them I I can imagine she probably put in a bit of a twist in there and you know things like that to help him um but it was very memorable and people actually remember something that's different because it was the child actually giving a speech which is which is really nice I mean like that's it like I think the speech writing a good speech you're creating a special life moment it's one of those special Mm. moments and Again, um, in my speech, I did sort of like the classic Harry Met Sally list of things I like about my husband. Um, So it was things like, I like the fact that you can understand pensions. I like you in your olive green T-shirt. And and it was was those bits that people can still quote to me as well. Like, yeah, where's his olive green T-shirt? He's not looking so good today. (laughs) So, obviously, there are so many people at your wedding that could give a speech. Um, But how many would you say is a good number? And, like, what would you recommend? How many is too many people? Well, there's one clever way. If if you think there's loads of people you'd like to 
um, hear from um, or that you know would like to to um, say something, then you could maybe take inspiration from the Scandi weddings um, where they encourage people just to spontaneously stand up over the dinner and oh, okay. clink their glass and, and, and give a sort of ad hoc speech. Um, oh, that's quite cool. Could get yeah. out of hand, but quite cool. <laughs> exactly. You've got to time it well before before too much wine comes out. But um, yes, in in that in that sort of environment, it takes the pressure off the traditional three, so that your dad mm-hmm. and the groom aren't so nervous. Um, but as you say, there is a danger that too many people can get involved <laughs> and um, you'd probably need to have an MC with some sort of bell to call time on people and things and just to <laughs> remind them it's a toast, not a speech. And But it is, I, I've been to a wedding that had it and it was really lovely. It was just such a range of people speaking and just such a sense of goodwill and it did feel a bit more fun. So, um, yeah, it's a bit more suited to sort of the boho um, vibe, the festival wedding things. Mm. Um, and I guess and micro weddings as well, where it's, you know, a smaller group, more intimate. Yeah, yes. definitely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, but in terms of sort of the big traditional wedding, I'd say um, you wouldn't want more than five But with that, you'd have to think about scheduling them a bit differently because what you want to avoid is what I call the speech clump, Mm -hmm. (laughs) where you've just got one speech after the other and it's the case of sort of stand up, sit down, stand up, sit down for all the toasts and it just becomes a bit boring and you start checking WhatsApp under the table. (laughs) So um, again, um, something that I think is quite good is when you sort of split up the speeches between courses of the wedding um, breakfast. So you have one, the MC introducing um, the first speaker, then the starter, then the um, then someone between the starter and the main course, and and so on and so on, and then it it kind of works really well because every, every speech is entertaining in its own right, and it also gives um, your guests if you've got a bigger wedding and they're sort of strangers sitting beside each other, it, it gives people something to talk about, and and people yeah. automatically mm. get bonded. So yeah, so that that works really well as well. Awesome. And as people start to break tradition more and, you know, throw the, the wedding rule book out the window, if you will, um, I assume you're, you're working with more women these days. Yes, luckily we are. Um, I mean, we, we're probably one of the few speech writing companies that really actively target women. And, and you know, we, we, we're really sort of, as I say, like trying to um, encourage brides to realize that it's a missed opportunity perhaps if if they mm-hmm. if they don't consider it um i'd say at the moment we probably work with more women from the states and australia um yeah. and um interestingly on on our um, website we get more female visitors than males um, oh. so so women are more interested but our our primary um market is still men so women are still looking on behalf of the men a lot right. of the time, but <laughs> at least they're getting more involved um because because five years ago when we started we actually went to a wedding show and um it was one of the biggest um and um we were so surprised at the time that 
um, obviously at the at the show there was probably about ninety percent women, not so many grooms, and um, we were just so surprised at how many women were just like, right, that's the groom's job, that's the one thing he's got to do. I'm not giving him <laughs> any help whatsoever, so they just didn't want to know us at all. Um, but as I say, I think it's hopefully a joint opportunity whether you're you're giving the speech or not. Um, but yes, luckily we're we're, spe- we're working not only with more brides but with more um, best women and mums, mums of bride and mums of groom. Um, so yeah, it's it's all to play for really. So how long? is the ideal wedding speech. Is there a rule of thumb for the length that you should go for? Well, as Nikita said, you know, a really small, short wedding speech can be just as touching. Um, but we'd advise, basically, if, it, if, it's a, if it's either the groom or the bride or the best man um, or maid of honour, no more than... 1300 words maximum so that that that'll bring you in about eight minutes and still with laughter with heckles with ad libs (laughs) still less than 10 minutes is what you want um but you know you can have much shorter as well and and parents are usually about 900 words about sort of six minutes um but but there's no hard or fast rules really um other than once you've written your first draft, we'd always advise you to go back through it and cut out at least a third. And um, <laughs> generally, you'll find a, sh- a shorter, punchier speech will always be better. So cut out the waffle, you know, f- from, from looking at the speech as a whole, but literally sentence by sentence and challenge yourself to tell the anecdotes as short and punchy as possible. Um and, and it'll just, it'll just um, pack more of a punch on the day. Sure. So it seems a bit of a process, actually, writing the speech. Would you say it's important to do some research first? Because probably the average person hasn't done it before. Yeah, I mean, you've got to be careful with your research because <laughs> um, it can be dangerous out there on the internet. Um, so obviously, I'd say um, you guys are a great resource for basically anything. Um, <laughs> so you, you've got trusted articles up there and obviously, somewhat biasedly, I'd say um, the speechy site's got a few good ones in there as well. But um, otherwise, if you just start googling speech etiquette um i think it sends a lot of grooms into a panic and um they end up just writing a big long thank you list Mm. which actually isn't what you want to do um a lot of the etiquette guides suggest far too many thank yous and you don't want a list where you're literally name checking people who have traveled far or you're thanking um basically anyone you, you paid for does not need to be mentioned within the speech so you know <laughs> as much as you've bonded to your wedding planner just thank thank them later um and and you want to co- keep those thank you sort of concise um but but heartfelt rather than meaningless 
Mm-hmm. Um, so be careful looking at the, the etiquette guides. And also, when you're Googling it, um, beware um, all the wedding gags you're going to come across. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, cringe. Because <laughs> even, you know, you go to, I don't know, Google page seven or something, you think no one's going to go to the depths of Google. But trust me, any wedding gag you think is good probably someone else has too and yeah our advice is if if the line could be um put in another groom or bride speech then it's not worth being in yours um because right. you want to make everything personal and as as well as the thank yous you know don't don't, don't just say um, thank you for for making me the person I am. You know, thank thank your mum for making the best Yorkshire puddings in Yorkshire <laughs> or or whatever. <laughs> you know, just get a bit more specific, because um, because it's very very easy to to sort of resort to things that are cliched and and, and platitudes that don't really convey sort of your your individual characteristics and your individual relationships so that that's kind of what you want to do so so yes research look at the basic structure but um only only take what you want from it oh awesome I mean I had I now just as we were talking just thinking about a line that was in my cousin's wedding speech um and our family based all over all over the place you know, uh, some of us on the other side of the world, uh, vast majority of us are not in the same country. Um, so at his wedding, you know, everyone had travelled quite a distance. Um, you know, there was us that came from, you know, Oxfordshire way um, to Wales. And, you know, but we also had family from Dubai that came over and family from the States and all that sort of stuff. So in his speech, he was like, I just want to thank everyone for travelling here. So we got Dubai, we've got you, the United States, we've got some from New Zealand. And then he looked at his wife's family, who had all come from Swindon, and gone... <laughs> no that's a good line that is that is worth doing definitely definitely I think the point about the individual name checks is once you start doing it you don't know when to stop so yeah yeah that's that's the problem with if you get too specific ever it's like oh no I'll have to I'll have to mention her as well so that's why you know a general thank you at the beginning and then and then get into sort of the top table people is generally what we advise so where do you suggest couples start with their speech writing um probably with a bottle of wine (laughs) (laughs) i love it (laughs) um yeah i mean i'd make it as fun as possible so um I'd, I'd just say this this is this is a kinky date night we're going to talk about speeches and, <laughs> um, and then just sort of discuss who you want to give a speech and then when it gets to actually writing your speech um if you're doing a joint one um then um sort of do a reconstruction go back through your um relationship history um pull out all the good points, pull out all the funny points um, and all that sort of stuff and, 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 and then work out who you want to thank and all the main bits of it. If it's just the groom doing it, 
um, then I'd also have a discussion. I'd also um, think about, you know, helping helping him. Um, so make sure you're involved in the thank yous because that's the one thing you're, you you probably want to to keep a check on. But then also then also just sort of have a laugh about what he could include in it or or you know what are your favorite stories and things like that so um so yeah i'd i'd i'd, I'd make a night of it any excuse really <laughs> <laughs> and what about the things that you have to do privately like like paying tribute to them i mean i mean we can all drop hints can't we <laughs> But in terms of saying things that you actually like about your partner without maybe using too many cliches, what's your advice there? Well, yeah, that's it. Like, um, what when we work with our clients, that is probably the most important part of our work, really, is trying to get the best out of people. And sometimes when we're when we're on the phone to grooms or brides at the beginning and we say, what do you like about your partner? Some people are genuinely stumped. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Good news. It's a, it's a great sign. <laughs> or they just resort to the same thing that everyone says. They're caring, they're funny, they're nice. And, and we're like, no, we need more. We need more specifics. So what we do is we give people a questionnaire with questions that we've designed to get more... Um, more quirky stuff out of them, really. So we will ask things like, what are they really good at? What are they really bad at? What are their guilty pleasures? Um, what are the things about them that frustrate you? <laughs> what, 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 how would they like you to change? You know, sometimes some of the questions are quite rude, but actually... <laughs> When you when you put them all together, it creates a loving tribute. So, you know, it can be um, that she's got an, an obsession about scatter cushions that he doesn't understand, or she never loads the dishwasher right, or things like that. <laughs> and it's those quirky little insights that actually show your partner and all their family and friends that you actually get them, that you know they're yeah. a bit of a nutter, as we all are, but you love them because of it. So, you know, it, it, it's those sort of things. And, you know, also with, like, saying the really romantic things, um, you don't want to say you're my soulmate or, or, or sort of things that have been said before. You want to say, I don't know, I, I knew you, um, I knew I loved you after the third night at Glastonbury and I still wanted to spend the night despite <laughs> there being no deodorant around or, you know, just <laughs> just those sort of things that actually say, wow, I love you. <laughs> despite all your flaws. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and I guess a loving tribute can be funny as well. I mean, you know, there's the, it doesn't, I guess it doesn't need to be, oh, I can't wait to have all of these adventures with you. You know, yes. that's quite a generic line, isn't it? What what can it be? What would you suggest in terms of a loving tribute that's funny? You've mainly given one already, but yeah, no, no. I th- I think it is all again. Um, you you want to look at the the old adage. It's funny because it's true, and mm-hmm. so it's things like um, I love that you have a photographic memory of the Nando's menu, or that you finally learned to sing the West Brom football chants with me or something like that. <laughs> um, 
And another thing I I, I remember is um, you can you can sort of make little promises um, to each other. Like I don't know if you remember Brad Pitt and Jennifer when they got married, Jennifer Aniston. Obviously, it didn't end well, but but um, I think as part of their sort of wedding vows, they he vowed to turn up the heating an extra notch for her. Oh, yes, um, <laughs> yeah, and and that's the sort of sense of like genuine romance, isn't it? It's oh, like, sweet. Yeah, yeah. So, so just making it real, making it tangible. Yeah. Would you say that humour is particularly important in a wedding speech? Because you said before that you should try and put some humour in where you can. Well, I, I think it just automatically makes people enjoy it more. And mm-hmm. it... it as soon as you get people laughing, it will relax you delivering the speech as well. And um, I think for the audience too, once you've made them laugh, they can relax into your speech as well. Because I think some people can be nervous on your behalf. Um, <laughs> so, so yeah, try and get humour in sort of within the first 30 seconds and it will definitely help. But also having humour within your speech, I think, makes the romantic stuff that comes hopefully later um, all that more powerful. So, so yeah. yeah, definitely. And and following on from that, would you say there are any rules when it comes to wedding speech humour? So like, how edgy is too edgy? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it really depends on your audience. So um, with the best man, <laughs> he might not know your audience. So... Um, <laughs> Feel free to give him the heads up. So, um, you know, and, and, and just make sure, I'd say with best men, make sure they definitely appreciate a duration. So a 10 minute um, sort of limit. Um, good reminders, um, no in-jokes, the ones that just the rugby lads will get. Um, no old-fashioned humour like, in-law jokes or, or just sexist jokes about brides or women yeah. it's just like oh cringy um no stag do jokes because again that's just an in- it's obvious it's obvious someone was wearing something awful doing something bad <laughs> uh, and and obviously despite the fact you think the couple might not mind i still would avoid exes jokes um because they can other they can always be family members who who may in fact mind so um and again a swearing um i think stay away from the the hard end of it but a few bloodies or bloomings and all that sort of stuff that's fine um you know you might you might just want to check with the bride and groom re um children and um, mm-hmm. so worth getting getting the heads up on that um but generally generally that's allowed yeah i mean i remember my parents saying that my uncle dropped the f bomb like within 20 seconds of my dad starting my dad's best man <laughs> speech and it's the one thing that everyone still talks about <laughs> Oh that, well, that was edgy. <laughs> yeah, that was edgy. <laughs> then my dad did the same joke at his wedding, so oh, it was fine. He <laughs> got his own back. Here, geez. Yeah. Oh, dear. So when it comes to actually structuring the wedding speech, is there a rule of thumb for that? How, how does it work? Yeah, well... Uh... What we've worked out over the years and something um, that we see when we um, 
deliver our edit speech service. That's when people send in the first draft of their speech and we make it better, is a lot of people start with the thank yous um, and toast to the dearly um, departed and then and then get into a bit of a tribute to their partner and stories and things. But we'd say the opposite. Go in with the story about what that basically what brought everyone there today, the story mm. of your relationship um, and grab people with your good storytelling, your humor, all that, and then get into the thank yous um, because it's just much more entertaining. Um, as I say, you grab people from the off and then you get into sort of the more emotional thank yous and and. and it should be really near the end, really, that you're talking about the dearly departed um, mm. for a number of reasons. Um, it, it's hard to come back out of that um, sure. and, and, and turn it into sort of a more comedy thing. But it's also that it depends, obviously, on the circumstances. But there, there's a chance that that could be really emotional for you to deliver as well. Um, mm. y- you'll find that. Even when you think you are okay with with that, sometimes the emotions of the wedding day just get the better of you. And speaking about your your dad or something just suddenly um, overwhelms you. So so you're not you're able to get the majority of the speech out. It makes sense, I think, to have that near the end. And obviously, there's a skill in how you write that um to get you to the to the sort of happy ending toast as well yeah yeah I think that's a great point because it's it's something that can cause a lot of difficulty is like how to recognize your your absent loved ones um without bringing the tone down do you have any do you have any suggestions for that yeah I mean definitely um if if it's someone really close to you and and it hasn't been long since their passing I'd say um really take your time to sort of digest the fact that they're not going to be there on your wedding day um, in advance of your wedding. Like, mm-hmm. I um, would advise... I mean, my dad um, wasn't able to come to my wedding and I took time out a couple of nights um, before to, to sort of be with my mum and, and my friends that knew him well to, to really sort of talk about him and talk about what he would have loved at the wedding and what he would have done. Um, mm. So that on the day, it, it, it felt like he'd already been acknowledged in a way. Um, so, yeah, it felt like if he was up there, he, he, he knew he was on my mind um and and you know we had little tributes to him throughout the day as well you know that within our um church um service um there was notes about him and you know people can pay tribute to them in lots of different ways you know from from your favors it might be using their um favorite recipe to create little pots of jam or it could be their Mm. favorite flowers or you can toast with their favorite drink um, without thinking that you have to create this sort of massive um, tribute to them within your speech if it's going to be quite hard for you to deliver. I mean, don't force yourself to, to go through that sort of hardness. Right. But if, if you think you can acknowledge them within within your speech, then do it in a way that 
you try and frame it so that you're not saying you're disappointed um, that they're not there. Obviously, you are. Um, but in a way that, oh, imagine if he was here, he would have been loving whatever or something like that that's very personal to him that will leave everyone listening with a smile on their face, yeah. thinking about them. Um and yes, just just keep that towards the end of your speech, just to just to be on the safe side. Now, this is something you do on a daily basis, Heidi. But if people just aren't great at writing, they're not great wordsmiths, or they just get really stuck. Do you have Do you have any sneaky tips that um, <laughs> that they can that they can use without resorting to the cliches? Well, I've got lots and lots of sneaky tips. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you one, and that's just simply to use quotes um, because there's there's people wittier, more romantic, funnier than 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 all of us. So let's utilise um, their brilliance. I say um, using quotes isn't plagiarism. So um, as long as you quote the source, you are okay. Um, so, so, so I've just pulled out some that to give you an example of, of what you can use. There's, there's loads of romantic ones, like, for example, Nic- Nicholas Sparks from The Notebook. Um, he oh, says, um, I, I am nothing special, just a common man with common thoughts, and I've led a common life. There are no monuments dedicated to me, and my name will soon be forgotten. But in one respect, I have succeeded as gloriously as anyone who's ever lived. I've loved another with all my heart and soul. And to me, this has always been enough. I mean, it gets right in the fields. The tears, the tears. (laughs) (laughs) And then, but then there's other sort of cute little quirky ones like um, Winnie the Pooh. Um, (laughs) Like you can can use a quote from A.A. Milne, I knew when I met you an adventure was going to happen. And, you know, that's just a nice way to start a speech, isn't it? Yeah, there's um, some really nice ones from Winnie the Pooh. Yeah, yeah. He, really sweet. Winnie's pretty on the money there, yeah. Um, <laughs> and also you can use quotes to add humour. Again, if you're stuck, um, there's Dr Seuss. People are weird. When we find someone with weirdness that is compatible with ours, we team up and call it love. <laughs> and, and it's not just like the romantic side you can you can use it about your friends as well um I like this one from Marlena Dietrich it's the friends you can call up at 4am that matter and I think I think <laughs> I think we can all relate to that can't we yeah yeah absolutely anyway I could go on all day but there's lots more on the speechy site including specific quotes to inspire brides writing their speeches and another one for grooms too so, Heidi, once people are happy with their speech, what do they do next? Well, um, I'd basically road test it. So I'd read it out loud um, and notice if you're stumbling over anything. Obviously, re- reword it if you are. Um, I'd film myself on my phone and just... Um, do a Simon, That's a great idea. Yeah, do a, do a Simon Cowell on yourself and be your harshest <laughs> yeah. critic. Um, and then if you're brave enough, find someone who's uh, like a good enough friend that you trust them, but not good enough to actually get invited to your wedding and test it out on them. <laughs> 
so that, that might be limited but um yeah if you can um test it out on someone maybe they do have to be someone going to your wedding but or maybe your best man or something yeah, you could do it with yeah and then um the, the trick to that is when they give you feedback take it on board even if you don't <laughs> like it and um if they don't get one of your jokes um again just cut it out because if they don't get your joke you're not going to be able to explain it to anyone else on the day so yeah just listen to them and and take on board their advice that's a really good tip about the jokes actually especially if they're not a very close 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 friends of yours that like is definitely coming to your wedding like if they don't get it the majority of people aren't going to get it (laughs) yeah yeah exactly And what about actually delivering the speech? You know, how how can people prepare for giving that speech when they aren't actually in front of an audience? Because it's obviously very different to rehearsing it and then actually performing it in front of people. Yeah, I'd just say rehearse as much as you can and, and try to get as familiar and as confident as you can with the flow of the speech. I don't think you need to memorise it. I think it's fine to use notes on the day, but you want to try and memorise it. So write mm-hmm. it out in hand. That's that, that, that Literally writing it with a pen as opposed to typing it out will help you remember it better. And then read it out three times in a row just before you go to bed. And that's what I've read, scientific scientifically proven advice in terms of how to memorize your speech there um so so yeah try and get really familiar with it obviously in terms of preparing for um staging the speeches obviously check the acoustics of the venue and um check if you need a mic remember on the day there'll be there will be the buzz of people so it is it's best to be prepared with a mic um obviously it's ha- it's a bit of a faff to be holding it and mm. your notes but practice with that too um and obviously if you can test out um using a mic in advance that's helpful too just so you're not ending up um popping popping the sound on the day um and um yeah i mean obviously your speech is never going to go down well if if people can't actually hear it at the back of the room so so that's a fundamental (laughs) and so do you have any tips for presentation um like is it okay to use notes from your phone or, or or just handwritten notes as you say on the day yeah i mean a lot of our clients ask us about notes and if they have to memorize it but we think that you know even Oscar winners use notes and they're people that are mm. trained to memorise lines. So, um, <laughs> it's a good point. So, yeah, so we just think, why give yourself the extra challenge and actually just concentrate on being confident and comfortable and, um, yeah, just fo- focus on that. Um, we're quite traditionalists and so we quite like um, people using paper and, and um, having their speech printed out. 
what we would say about that is make sure you um, divide up your speech. So if you're turning the piece of paper, um, it's where you expect a pause, you know, laughter mm -hmm. or you're sort of changing direction of the speech or whatever. And only print about two thirds down um, so that you can keep maintaining eye contact with um, your That's guests. That's a good idea. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, it's becoming more common for people to use their tablets and their phones to um, read their speeches from. And um, we, we think tablets are really good. They really seem to work well, but phones seem to be a bit too casual. Um, yeah. it, it's a subtle <laughs> right, difference, yeah. but it just feels like you've just pulled it out of your pocket somewhat and you're constantly having to scroll. Um, so it just doesn't feel quite right yet. Um, so if you are wanting to use a device, I'd, I'd say borrow a tablet, use a tablet instead. Yeah, I think pretty much all of the weddings that I've been to, and I've been to quite a lot, um, <laughs> people giving speeches have always had a piece of paper in their hand and it's never distracted from the speech in any way or, you know, it doesn't take away from anything. Um, so are there any other top tips that you can give for an excellent delivery? Yeah, I mean, I think, again, on the day... I did find it more nerve-wracking than I expected. Um, mm. It's the mix of adrenaline and the whole day feels somewhat surreal, doesn't it? So, so suddenly standing <laughs> up, it is a bit of a shock. But I think you've just got to, you know, channel your Kanye West and fake confidence, basically. <laughs> um, Bake it, it till you make it. Yeah, exactly. And, um, you know, once you get your first laugh, you'll be okay, I think. Um, I know confidence, it's it's easier said than done, but you've just got to remember everyone's on your side. Um, and if you've got a good speech up your sleeve, then hopefully you'll actually look forward to delivering it. Um, one thing I have noticed is um, when people deliver a speech and they're not smiling, I, I just... That, then, then you feel uncomfortable for them. So I'd say right. smile from the off. And again, scientifically proven to be infectious. So, <laughs> so if in doubt, just stand up and smile. Um, and sadly, um, there's no such thing as Dutch courage. So avoid alcohol. Um, Obviously, you can have a, a couple of tipples in advance, but um, don't go too heavy on, on, the, on the bubbles. Um, finally, um, talk slower than you would in a normal conversation. And remember, with any humour, leave a pause, as sometimes people need a moment just to get it. Um, and, and then when they do laugh, don't make the mistake of starting to talk over it and hushing people up too quickly. You worked hard for that laughter, so relish <laughs> Enjoy it. it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And what about for smaller weddings? If anything, we've learned, you know, from COVID times that wedding speeches are perfect for entertainment. Um, so do you have any specific advice for people delivering speeches at smaller weddings or where the setting is much more intimate? Well, I just think that it can have a more relaxed tone, can't it? And in terms of how you present it, it can feel more like a conversation rather than a presentation. 
and you know it makes sense to sort of invite other the other guests to sort of back you up or add a little comment or something like that you just want it to feel a bit more inclusive and that's why maybe you can have a few more in jokes because hopefully everyone will actually get it this time um the other thing we've noticed since the pandemic is that us Brits seem to be a bit more comfortable articulating the importance of love and family. Um, I mean, we're nowhere near um, <laughs> the sort of the, the, the clients we have from America in terms of sentimentality, but yeah. I, th- I think we're, we're, we are happier confessing that, you know, we really bloom and love our families now. So Heidi, we're coming to the end now. Um, do you want to just reiterate what services do you and the team at Speechy provide to help people with their speeches? I know you've mentioned a few of them already. Um, well, hopefully, um, hopefully we can f- provide something for everyone. Um, we've got um, what we hope are innovative um, speech templates for a range of speakers from gay grooms to mother of the bride to bride obviously um yeah so so there's plenty to tuck into there and 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 we've tried to design them so we we are asking um people questions first before they then um really personalize the the templates so hopefully we're using their own material to create Mm. that help them create their own humor that's a bit more personal um then we've got our edit service, which, as I, as I think I said, is when people who have written their speeches email over um, their work, their first draft, and our team get to work on transforming it into something better. And if we think we can't, money back, no problem. But generally we do. Generally we, we make <laughs> it a lot better. Um, and then finally, sort of our, our um, premium services are bespoke um speech writing service where you work one-to-one with our writer um we ask you lots of questions questionnaire and on the phone get to know your voice and things <laughs> um we then go away talk well we discuss some ideas with you go away write our first draft and then and then we work with you to um you know unlimited fiddles um to make sure that it's basically delight guaranteed um, your dream speech so mm-hmm. um, but yeah we, we offer lots of different services so top table discounts if there's more than one one more than one person from the wedding wanting to work with us and delivery coaching as well you know that I've previously been a director to people like Sharon Osborne and Richard Hammond and various people so awesome <laughs> so ho- so hopefully hopefully we know um a few sort of presentation tips that we can pass on to you and obviously with the technology of zoom and things it's super easy these days so um yeah awesome Heidi thanks so much for joining us today before we wrap up do you have any final thoughts um just that if there are any brides inspired to give a speech or planning to give a speech this year, then I'd love it if they could um, either send a picture of them in action um, to us on one of our social media platforms. We're at Speechy, that's Speechy with a Y, Speeches. So sorry, just to be clear, it's at Speechy Speeches. Um, or you can just post it under the hashtag this bride will 
I'd just love to see um, more women up at the mic. Brilliant. Thanks, Heidi. And it's been really great to get your expert insights today. As always, if you would like to do any further research or want more information, Speechy's Guide to Brides listing is linked in the show notes at guidesforbrides.co.uk forward slash podcast. Yes, we've also linked to a few resources that Heidi has kindly written for us previously as well. So be sure to check those out. And that's it for today's episode, but we'll be back again in a couple of weeks' time. If you enjoyed this and other episodes of Guys for Brides, the wedding podcast, please leave us a review. It will help other couples to find us. Absolutely. And as always, you can follow us on socials while you're waiting for the next episode. That's at Guides for Brides. Thanks so much for joining us today and we'll speak to you all again soon. Bye. Bye.